right, cool. So, hello, hello. My name's Bailey, and I am a Youth Development Officer at Glenara Youth Services. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. Before we begin, I just want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands that we're all meeting on today, pay my respects to Elders past, present and future. I'd also like to acknowledge the rich history of storytelling uh, as part of these cultures and the significance of that being the cornerstone of all good communities, not only surviving but thriving. With that in mind, I want to thank you all for being a part of this today and for sharing part of your stories with us. Just to provide some context as to why we're all here, it's Pride Month and we wanted to give our young people an opportunity to let us know what they wanted to know about and also develop a bit of a resource base. So we'll be recording this discussion for future reference. So almost all of the questions that we've gotten today have been fielded from young people in the Glenara region. However, I have added in one or two of my own. Um, so thanks again. And if you guys don't mind, I might get you to do a brief intro as to who you are and where you come from. So Kaz, we might start with you. My name's Kaz. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I'm in year 12, not vibing COVID, but what can you do? Hi, I'm Rory. I use he, him, or they, them pronouns. Um, I'm non-binary and queer. And I grew up, I guess, on sort of Karingai, so uh, land, so up in the northern beaches of Sydney, and then moved down to Melbourne, Narm, on Wurundjeri country. So that's where I live and work at the moment. Hi, I'm Ash, they, them pronouns, also queer and non-binary. And um, I like educating myself about things that interest me, such things as the LGBTQ plus community. So I thought I would be here to try and help educate other people as well. Brilliant. Perfect. All right, let's get in. First question, what do the colours in the rainbow flag represent? Yeah, I'll, I'm happy to do this. So the um, rainbow flag actually has a very rich history. There were originally eight colours in the um, pride flag. There was hot pink, which um, represented sex, red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, turquoise for magic and art, and indigo for serenity, and violet for spirit. And in the in 79, the hot pink was removed because it was too expensive, and the turquoise and indigo were smashed together for, um, to make this the blue. So it's all about the life and the people and the love between people. I know, and apparently, so the maker of it, um, Gilbert, he did like a mile long rainbow flag as well to commemorate um, the 25 years since Stonewall as well. So it's pretty amazing because it started basically on the back of, you know, Harvey Milk and uh, Gilbert and those really, you know, prolific sort of LGBTI activists and then became like a global um, sort of symbol, which is pretty powerful and amazing that it you know, came out of the brains of a few people and then becomes this incredible symbol, which I think is quite, you know, symbolic, I think, of a lot of LGBTI activism and work as well that's been done as well, which is amazing. Yeah, unreal. Um, second question, what would you say to people that say being gay is a choice? Mainly just sort of ask them back what made you choose to be straight, you know? If you, why would you choose to, you know, be a certain way when there's other options? Like, it's, how is it a choice, possibly? Okay. And obviously, queer people have to, um, typically get faced with a lot of discrimination. So I can't imagine anyone would choose to go through that. <laughs> I think like that question comes with the implication of that it's a bad thing 
you know, like the why did you choose inherently says that being gay is a negative or a bad thing. And I think that's my first thing, but like, why does it matter for one thing? Like, obviously we know it's not a choice. Sexuality is determined by lots of different things in people's lives and everyone's sexuality is going to be different. How they relate to it is different. So why are you condemning certain sexualities over others? Like, you know, what does that, what are you really saying by that question? Why are there so many letters in the acronym? Do we think that they'll just keep adding letters? Is there a correct acronym? Well, there is no one correct acronym because all the letters do represent different ways of being, different sexualities, different genders, different identities. And as we progress as a society, that's getting spoken about more and um, experiences are getting spoken about more. And so adding letters just helps bring more awareness to those sub-communities. But as for there being a correct acronym, there is none. The original, you know, acronym is LGBT and some use those because it's more succinct. Some use LGBT plus because it encompasses everything in the plus. Some use LGBTQIA because it's more inclusive um, in the name itself, but it really comes down to personal preference and, you know, what one person is comfortable with. And also, you know, what communities you're representing as well. Like if some people are sort of only working with, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, sexuality, they might choose to use a different acronym. Working with older members of the community, you might want to leave out the Q um, because the term queer has a lot of you know, historical um, meaning and sort of you know, historically been used as a slur as well. But I also think that the reason why we talk about LGBTIQA plus people as one community, like we're talking about a very diverse communities of people with very different identities, very different experiences. We talk about our identities as a community because we all sort of share that similar, you know, othering and discrimination that stems from, I guess, how society expects our bodies, gender and sexuality to be. So even though um, like the acronym might appear to keep growing, we're still talking about the same groups of people whose sexualities, genders and um, intersex variations just don't fit what society has always told us should be. And so we keep adding because there are more communities that, you know, come to the light. We have more um, representation as well. And so the reason why we keep adding or you might hear of new identities isn't because we haven't existed. It's just because we have new representation and sort of better resources now and more opportunities to speak out about our identities as well. I think you guys encompass that really well. Like when I was first um, trying to figure out what labels applied to me, because I'm a fan of labels and things fitting. Um, no matter how many labels it needs, I like I like them to fit. So to find out that the acronym was actually effectively infinite in like, for lack of a better term, because there's always a letter for you. And I like that concept because it gives us that sense of community and belonging. Now, whether or not you say the whole acronym is up to you, but I reckon that would take some time. So I personally use LGBTQ+, or I just say queer community because that's pretty much all encompassing without really being exclusive. Well, so what are your thoughts on people that, you know, do want to just simplify to say LGBT plus or LGBTQ plus or, you know, that, that are kind of resisting the adding of extra letters? Do you, for, for the purposes of them being respectful because I've my experience has been that like with the adding of letters sometimes people are just sort of then pulling back and just not really they, they don't even want to try they're like LGB I don't even know you know like it just trails off into the end so I guess in regards to that and it being something that can be easily picked up or accessible is there does anyone is, have any comments on that 
Is this about in the community or people outside of the community? I think wider, wider. Generally, like just someone on the street that is trying to be inclusive or trying to be, you know, respectful, but it's, you know, becomes a bit of a jumble in their mind. I think there's sort of a difference as well between like people and individuals and allies trying to use terms and like, you know, differences between that and like services or people that are trying to, you know, uh, make materials, make resources, because I think if you're trying to like, support people from the LGBTIQA plus community or you're trying to put media together or resources, I think using the whole acronym is important because there are lots of, for example, intersex, which is the I, A, asexual, those two I, like groups of people have been historically really underrepresented and have a lot of unique challenges that do need to be addressed and we do need to name them. But if you're talking about just people on the street and allies, I think, you know, trying to use like the acronym that is accessible to you and trying to use one that is as much inclusive as you can do, I think is really important. And just, you know, trying to learn, trying to like get feedback from other people in the community. But I think, you know, LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus, adding the plus is really helpful. I think Kaz talked to that before, but I think that's always a really good tip for people who might be struggling to add extra letters. But said if you're working for the community or trying to work with the community using the whole acronym is really important. What are your comments for people who believe non-binary, gender non-conforming and gender diverse identities are not a real thing? It's very racist just frankly because you know this whole idea of binary gender is extremely western it's, it's very colonized and Throughout history, many cultures have um, recognized and celebrated different genders. Um, Native Hawaiians celebrate a third gender. In ancient Judaism, there are six genders. You know, in indigenous culture, in all sorts of cultures, there are many genders. And the erasure of that, and not willing to recognize that the binary system is completely Western, is colonized, it's racist. And it's this huge, you know, pulling wool over your eyes to the cultures of other people. Even in, you know, our own Western society, it's pulling the wool over your eyes to non-binary people in Western society. It's, it's ridiculous, it's ignorant, and it's a refusal to learn and to acknowledge. Mm. Yeah, snap. yeah, I know. It's <laughs> so good. I'm with you. Just like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have anything to add to that, uh, Rory. I mean, besides the fact that it's just, well, then do I not exist? Because, you know, I am non-binary and, you know, I think it's it's really interesting because, I mean, obviously, like, gender, I think people have such a set idea of what gender is and it has to be, you know, male or female and it's definitely biologically determined, it's all this stuff and it's like, well, actually, it can be a bit challenging for people but when you start digging into it and realise that we really made up what gender is and like even in terms of binary sex and as only two options isn't true because we have intersex people like there are over four dozen different types of intersex variations like these are all social constructs and what we define as male and female has shifted over time throughout time throughout history and as Kaz really well points out like LGBTI people non-binary people trans people have existed throughout time throughout different cultures and throughout history and really it's like the idea of what men and women are is a completely modern construct. A hundred years ago, the recommended colours um, in this Earnshaw's infant department, it said that pink was for um, boys because it was a more strong and decided colour, whereas blue was for girls because it's more dainty. So our whole idea of gender shifts all the time, as it should. And I think, you know, when we start 
talking about non-binary people and start including trans people like what we do is we challenge a lot of um those like really awful things that affect everyone you know the the toxic masculinity um all the sexism towards women like when we start unpacking gender it actually helps everyone and i think that's really important we do need to challenge those roles that have been really detrimental for people and start celebrating difference because the end of the day does it really matter to you whether or not like what terms someone uses for their gender identity you know right i exist i'm empowered in my identity people like me have existed throughout time throughout history throughout the cultures that i'm a part of as well like it, it's it's such a bizarre thing to then try and deny that existence for what reason you know why Who does it serve sorry i just went on a whole rant i just it's uh, like close look, to home <laughs> close to home it's a solid <laughs> for me like in the past when i've tried to defend myself i got to a point where i guess i just gave up trying to say like trying to validate myself to people who clearly didn't matter to me like strangers not literally strangers people who obviously find out that I'm non-binary and then go well that's not a real thing it's like well then I must be invisible or a figment of your imagination because here I am you know <laughs> um, and it like it comes back to that and honestly like as was saying I can't think of a culture that at some point in their past has not had a third sex gender xyz like it's it's not uncommon like it wasn't uncommon to say back then so to have like what is effectively an entire level of history erased is insulting <laughs> but i think like it comes back to people have made arguments for other people against me and it's like what well, it comes back to my faith you know you know my faith says that you're not like this and i can't like this it's like then don't like me just don't like me in silence cuz i don't need to hear it i don't care and if it's like it comes back to like possible trigger warning for religious talk just for a moment but um it comes back to like the concept of heaven and hell and people say you know if you're gay you're going to hell if you go against whatever Christ has said in the bible you're going to hell and it's like well that's great let me go to hell in peace you can go to heaven doing whatever you want to do don't care about me i'm here doing my own thing leave me alone and that is it got to a point like that's just how i reacted when people were like no binary isn't a thing it's like okay if you say so and then just turn around and walk away like i stopped caring you know it gets to a point like it, it get it takes a while to get here but more often than not you get here you know you just stop caring and i don't know what it was like for you too but i definitely felt you know for so long i didn't have a word to really describe my experience at all of gender and when i found the word transgender when i was 17 i was like oh, here it is this word that describes so much of my experience but then i had this panic where i was like oh my god i have to be a man and then i had this whole thing of just like i've moved from one like super it was that thing of you know i'd never identified as a woman felt really restricted like it it would just never was me and then i had this other panic of like okay well now i have to try and conform myself into this other box and then when i found the word non binary i was like i can just be rory i can just be me which was such a like powerful thing you know and i think like that's the thing for non binary the thing that i think people should understand is it really takes you out of those expectations of you know what you should be what you know femininity masculinity what gender is and lets you define that for yourself and i think that the more people you know that we like are able to sort of challenge that like challenge those structures challenge those binaries i think it's really empowering for lots of people and why we're seeing so many more people identify as non-binary as well just because it is more it is really empowering and a lot of young people in particular are sort of rejecting those really conservative really 
strict boxes in terms of gender. I actually had a very similar experience when I was 11, long, long time ago. Um, I had I had that sort of feeling of I'm not a woman, and then I, you know, discovered what transgender meant, and I thought, oh, that's sort of me. But then, you know, my um, my close friends started calling me by he him pronouns, and I was like, it fit, but not enough. And then, you know, I discovered what non-binary was, and I was like, yeah, it, 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 it's what it is, you know. And if we had more of that sort of education and um, representation from an early age, then a lot, a lot more people would be a lot more happy, more um, authentic. Have you ever been bullied because you are LGBTIQA+, and what was your biggest learning from this experience? When I was um, just starting to sort of figure everything out, like I said, I was 11, I was in year six, um, I came out to my close friends at the time, and my year level found out because we had a year level of 16. It was a very small school, and my year six teacher began to bully me and harass me and she was taking out her own internalized on me and one day she pulled me out of class and she said to me no one will ever call you by your preferred name no one will ever call you by your preferred pronouns get used to it suck it up it's not going to happen you're this and you're going to stay like this for the rest of your life and i mean six seven years later no one calls me by my birth name anymore and it's it gave me this huge learning experience of like not everyone's going to support me not everyone in a position of power is going to be able to help me and i have to suck it up deal with it and i have to be my own support group i do have close friends but i have to be my own first priority i have to take care of myself oh is this bullied in is this bullied in general bullied at school because i mean oh, in general in general generally oh boy so I guess we, we, could, we could probably have a consensus that the answer is always that yes, you have been, everyone has been. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't imagine being out and not being bullied because kids are mean. Even kids if you're are not mean, out. adults are mean, no one understands. Well, not, not no one understands, but it's, it's, it's popular to not understand. Hmm. Even, yeah, if you're not out, even if you're not identifying, if you're someone that yeah. does pose uh, or present in an opposition to some of those gender stereotypes that we know you you would have the same experience or a similar experience you know and i think yeah that was definitely my experience i think like like as a kid i was quite you know gender non-conforming and for the most part that was sort of fine up until you know high school puberty and that sort of those expectations change away from like oh yeah it's totally cool for you to play with the boys playing soccer at lunchtime too it's a bit weird that you're not sitting with us and talking about boys in magazines and I think I got teased a lot for not being you know gender conforming and I think where I grew up as well it was so misogynistic that even things like doing maths or like playing sport was deemed as something that girls didn't do and was something that you know was worthy of being bullied for but also I think my biggest I think the thing that had the biggest impact on me was when I was about 13 14 and I uh, told uh, one of my best friends that I liked a girl in my group and then she told my entire group and it was really full on because I think after that everything shifted like and I didn't know why I wasn't invited to things I didn't really know why I wasn't being talked to I didn't really know that like I didn't know until years later that actually one of the girls in my group completely Regina Georged me and told everyone not to invite me to anything because I was you know a lesbian and a threat and it was really full on because I internalized so much of that to the point when I moved schools um, due to that, I like really struggled to be my authentic self.
And I think that's something that I've had to work on a lot is really realize that, you know, you're never going to appease everyone. And actually people that have a problem with you because of the way you express your gender, because of your gender identity, because of your sexuality, isn't actually to do with you. It's them, it's the things that they've learned, it's society, it's not because you're a problem, it's because of negative attitudes that they have. And, you know, there was one time, something that someone said to me once was really validating when I was having a pretty low mental health time and they were like well yeah of course you're sick like society is sick and like it's not because there's anything inherently wrong with you or you can't cope or anything it's because you're dealing with all this stuff all the time and with that and then realizing that I couldn't appease everyone made me realize that I just needed to do things that were for me and to reach out to people that loved me and that I shouldn't waste my time on anyone that wouldn't accept and love me but it's you know it's a tough thing to have to realize when you're in your teens like it's really hard and for Kaz as well at 11 like it's a really hard learning curve to have yeah for sure I feel um, a little bit lucky in that sense then compared to you guys because I like I, I had bullies and I had struggles in that sense but never that young like when I was young I was very traditionally girly I loved doing dresses I loved doing makeup playing with dolls jewelry like anything that was traditionally feminine I loved doing and then I hit like 12 and I decided I wanted to be edgy. So that's when like the emo phase existed. Um, and that's when I started to become or started to act more like a tomboy. Um, and I thought that that was like, you know, I've, I've known other girls who have gone through a tomboy phase and I thought that that's all it was. Um, and it wasn't until I joined Pride at, I can't remember the year, but I was 15 or 16 and I met um, Cass and there was obviously quite a few people there identifying as trans or non-binary and I was like there's a word for how I feel for how I felt for you there's a thing that's a thing because <laughs> I didn't know I had no idea like I knew what gay was I knew what like the basic queer terminology was because I feel like everyone learns about that at some point and then I was like okay I'm a lesbian uh bise bisexual um pants uh, uh like I went through that kind of learning curve and I got bullied initially when I came out as, I ended up identifying outwardly as bisexual, but um, and then it was like, I, I went to Pride, I figured out what non-binary and trans was, and it was a, a whole new ball game 